Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving to you. I hope everyone's having a great long weekend so far. My name is Ron Padilla. I'm one of the elders here at Northwood Community, and I am grateful and thankful to be sharing this time with y'all. Uh, if I have not met you so far uh, in, in passing, um, I would love an opportunity to be able to meet you more formally after the service. Please uh, come up and see me. Uh, how's everybody's weekend so far? Yeah, well, it's kind of a little mixed bag there. You know, some better than others. <laughs> but that's all right. This is a great time of year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this Thanksgiving weekend is like the unofficial kickoff to like the whole holiday season, right? You, you, you have Thanksgiving weekend, the next thing you look up in a blur, it's already January something or other. But even in that blur, it's such a great time of year, right? I mean, we, we all see so many things to be thankful for. Uh, everyone just seems to be a little bit better mood, more polite, a little bit friendlier, uh, giving an easier smile to a stranger, letting someone in emergent traffic a, a little bit easier. Uh, all the holiday parties and, and wonderful foods and sweet treats, uh, the brisk weather that allows us to unpack those sweaters and, and put those on for all that indulge, all the pumpkin spice stuff that you can handle. As for me, I'll take a nice fire in the fire pit and the smoker with an assortment of meats on it. <laughs> Again, though, just a, a wonderful time of year full of joy and thanks. But what about last week when we were scrambling to tie up all the loose ends before the long weekend with work and school, that time off, or while we were getting all the back-breaking work of cleaning the house before guests arrive, or, or the planning, shopping, and preparing of all the things necessary to make everything just perfect. Let's fast forward. How about somewhere around January 5th or so when we're all back to the grind all the extracurricular kid, kids' activities are back up and going that pull us from one end to the other all week long. We quickly find a mountain of work that we seemingly just got out from under. We once again have to clean the house from head to toe because now all of the guests have left. The stress of reconciling the bank account after all the extra spending we've done over the last few months. I'm willing to bet, if we're being honest, we're not as nearly as joyful and thankful and praiseworthy as we currently may feel right now. Why is that? Where are we finding our joy, our thanks, and our hope? Is it in the hustle and bustle of these fleeting temporal things? Or, as Christians, are we rooting ourselves in the one true hope of our Lord, God, and Savior? Finding joy daily, daily in Christ Jesus no matter our temporal circumstances, good or bad, thankful for all that he has done and is doing in our lives daily because of who he is. Well, today we're going to look at Psalm 100 together. And as we do, we will see this text is tailored to show us that we should come to the Lord with praise and thanksgiving at all times. We should come to the Lord with praise and thanksgiving at all times. And there are two reasons given that we will discuss. First, we should praise and thank him because he is our creator. And second, because his love and faithfulness is everlasting. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father God, 
We love you so much, Lord. And we come to you this morning grateful and thankful for all of the blessings that you pour out to us, not only this week, but throughout the year because of who you are, because you are our creator, because you love us till the end, Lord, because this is your character. This is your buildup. Lord, we just ask that as we take this time to be able to come to you in praise and worship, that you would allow us to hear everything that you want us to and hide it away in our heart, not because it's coming from my voice, but because your words are working through this sermon, Lord. Allow this sermon to be an extension of your great love and not simply some words that I put on a piece of paper, Lord. Again, we thank you for this beautiful day, for this great gathering of people together here to worship you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So, as I mentioned, we'll be discussing Psalm 100 today. And although we normally save the Psalms for the summertime for any sermons on the Psalms, Psalm 100 was actually the reading yesterday in our CBR reading. And in preparing uh, to preach this morning on this Thanksgiving weekend, uh, I thought it quite providential blessing of the Lord to go ahead and provide this Psalm of Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving weekend in a way that no man could in planning a year's worth of, of CBR together, you know, through a reading plan. And for those of you that don't know, even after Brother Rory's wonderful infomercial earlier, CBR is, stands for Community Bible Reading. And it's a preset plan that quite a number of our members uh, do in community. And it allows us as one body broken up into smaller groups to read through the entire New Testament once a year, the Old Testament every three years. And I believe we're in year year three as we creep up on January. So this would be a great time to jump on board if you want. Dive into God's word together in community. Really see the enrichment and joy that it can bring being in community and being in the word daily. So again, as as Rory said, if that's something that would interest you, please uh, come talk to any one of our members. They could be able to give you more details, but also uh, Mitch or or Rory so that we could be able to find a group that that works best for you, whether uh, you'd like to meet certain times of the day or week or, or, or whatnot, all the particulars. They can be able to help you and all that. But <clears throat> for now, let's get back to Psalm 100. Uh, if you haven't opened up your Bibles yet, please go ahead and do so now. Uh, in our community Bibles, it will be located on page 500 and 501. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to follow along, please go ahead and grab one of those from underneath your seat. And, and all, as always, uh, if you don't currently have a Bible of your own, uh, go ahead and take this one as, as your own, a free gift from us to you, uh, and, and an even larger gift from God that allows you direct access to his amazing word at the flip of a page. We would hope it will continue to give more and more joy and encouragement to you each and every time you dive deeper into his word. Once you are at Psalm 100, please take a moment to prepare your heart. Uh, by laying down any distractions you may have, just as the worshipers did centuries before, as, as we do, as they prepared to come through the gates to hear God's word and praise and thank him for his great love. Now, if you are ready to dig into God's word, please say tryptophan. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) So, Psalm 100. 
Five simple verses, but packed with, with so much to take in. In its form, uh, Psalm 100 is considered a hymn of descriptive praise to the Lord and, as its subtitle says, uh, a psalm for giving thanks. And, and the two words for thanksgiving that were used in the original text were tehillah and toda. Tehillah is best translated to be used in terms of generalized praise to the Lord, while Toda was used for thanksgiving more specifically in Old Testament times to mean a thanksgiving sacrifice offered to celebrate a specific intervention or answered prayer by the Lord. So really, uh, hitting any and all types of praise and thanks, both general and specific, in all things, give thanks and praise. Praise 100 is positioned at the conclusion of a set of psalms proclaiming Yahweh's kingship in Psalms 96 through 99 and functions as kind of a hymnic conclusion to this collection. And in fact, is a short song of thanksgiving that historians have said has been sung by the Christian church throughout the centuries and most commentators agree was probably originally written for the moments when the worshiping community was summoned to enter the gates of the temples at festival celebrations such as the Festival of the Tabernacle and the Festival of Weeks. So with that quick history lesson, let's get into the text. Now, as I stated earlier, uh, Psalm 100 is tailored to show us we should come to the Lord with praise and thanksgiving at all times, in all things. And and the text shows us this in two distinct points, because He is our Creator and because His love and faithfulness is everlasting. And these two points are broken up even further into two strophes or sections that each contain a a call to praise and a cause or, or reason for praise. Now, if this sounds somewhat familiar to you, praise God, because I talked about this very structure this summer when I preached on Psalm 96, which is included in this collection of kingship psalms. So let's read together our first call and cause to praise. Read with me uh, verse 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. So here, our first call and cause uh, for praise comes with action points. Uh, Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And because of the nature of this hymn, it can really be taken in two distinct ways, I believe. As a true call to worship, as we do here on Sundays, literally come together and gather as a community, preparing ourselves to worship the Lord. But secondly, and more figuratively, and I believe more importantly, as a daily application for all of us to perform, to begin our day, and really to continue throughout the day, each and every day, by coming into his presence and giving him thanks and praise. And this can be as simple as waking up quickly, talking to God through prayer, and thanking him for the gift of a new day. As involved as taking the time to open our Bibles meditating on God's word, finding praise in that word, and how it helps point us back to Jesus in all things. Putting him first in all things throughout our day, in everything we do. Make a joyful noise all the earth. All the earth. This is a call or command that we've seen throughout Scripture. Psalm 66, 98, 1 Kings, Exodus, just to name a few. And this whole earth... All the earth 
continues to indicate absolutely everyone. And again, we will see the why, the reason for everyone in a bit. But every one of us here and throughout the land come into his presence with singing. And I think this is interesting that these two actions that we tend to always link together as one, joyful noise and singing, are shown here in Psalm 100 independently, separated by another verse. It shows that these are two distinctly different actions that in actuality build upon each other. We should be coming to the Lord with a joyful heart in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Psalm 20, verse 5, May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. And this exuberance, this this overflowing love and, and joy for the Lord should then pour itself out in praise and worship of our Lord. Isaiah 12, 5 says, Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. First Chronicles 16.23 echoes, Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. Northwood, do we do this day after day? Do we give thanks to the Lord in all circumstances, as the scripture says? No matter what they are? good or bad, justified or unjustified, sacrificial or bountiful? Do we come to the Lord joyfully in all things, or do we find ourselves at times grumbling, reluctant, maybe angry, defensive, prideful, even self-righteous? If we're really being honest with ourselves and each other, we're probably falling in one of these camps more regularly than we want to admit, aren't we? I know in, in... my days are not going my way, when plans change unexpectedly, when, when issues crop up with the kids, with work, with health, with finances, with traffic, with my service at a restaurant, when my favorite team loses, I could go on and on. Thankfully, one of my favorite teams didn't lose yesterday. That's a side thing. So often, my initial response to anything not of my own is met with my fleshly response. Sound familiar? What is it for you? What are the things that trigger your negative responses and are, quite frankly, in need of repentance and giving to the Lord so that the Holy Spirit may turn that sin, that fleshly heart posture, to joy? So, We've, we've got these two pieces of bread in verses 1 and 2. Joyful noise and, and thankful singing and worship. But now let's look at, at that meat sandwiched in between. Serve the Lord with gladness. We're, we're coming to him joyfully in all things, singing his praises. And, and that should emulate itself in the form of gladful, gleeful, loving service to the Lord. And, and how is that displayed in our lives? hopefully in a few ways. One, by gladly serving his church, whether by volunteering on Sundays or or, or Wednesdays in any number of ways, seeking to take the steps to become a deacon or elder, 
reaching out to our church family with special needs, whether they are reoccurring health issues or, or maybe temporary childcare needs or helping with a home project or specific skill set that you may have or, or simply spending time breaking bread with each other and sharing life. How about outside these walls? Getting to know your neighbors, coworkers, classmates, people you regularly interact with at school, shopping, the gym, all with intentionality to serve him by showing love and concern, being open to his leading to know when and where you might be able to fill and help a need both physically and relationally so that they may all lead to spiritual fulfillment and to the glory of God. This is an area I am so proud to think of, speak about, and give praise through prayer to God for that, that I see so routinely and regularly in our Northwood family. A, a true care for love for each other and a yearning and willingness to evangelize in so many different ways through service to those around us. The priority that, that we as families strive for in our mission, vision, and values. Prioritizing community. Worship of Jesus above all and the mission that we are all called in preaching and teaching the gospel message boldly. For that, I am so grateful. And I ask you here today that aren't currently plugged into a church community, whether that's here at Northwood, uh, wherever you call your home church right now, or if you don't have a church at all presently. Why? Why aren't you currently living life within a church community? Now, I don't mean merely showing up a few minutes before service that starts and scooting out as soon as the last song is sung. I don't mean out of some human compulsion to do the right thing or, or, or some sort of lack of guilt or, or acts of works, but out of genuine love of Christ rooted in biblical truth that we are meant to gather together regularly in praise of the Lord and to serve Him and each other joyfully. 1 Corinthians 12 says, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: iron sharpens iron, so man, one man sharpens another. Romans twelve fifteen: rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. These are just a few passages in the Bible that point to the fact that God gave us each other to live this life with each other. To come alongside each other as one body, to help spurn each other on to good deeds. So to lift each other up when we are down to celebrate triumphs through God's faithfulness when we see answered prayer. So, with this so plainly being a gift from God, one that He tells us is good for the edifying of each other and the glory of His kingdom, I ask you again, why? Why have you not truly come into community with your church family or, or sought to have one in your life? What barriers have you put up that need to be handed over to God so that you can experience the great joy of serving Him through serving others, living life with brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're, we're called to, to make a joyful noise, 
sing his praises and serve the Lord gladly. And what is this cause or reason for this call to praise? Why, why should we aim to serve him gladly with joyfulness and singing? Uh, read with me verse 3. Know the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See, we do all this gladly because the Lord is God, creator of all things. He is the creator of all things. He is the one who created us, gave us life, gives us every breath. Genesis 1, 26 through 27 confirms, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And we go from the first book of the Bible to the last, Revelation. Revelation 4.11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they existed and they were created. See, if this is one of our core beliefs as Christians, if we truly believe He indeed is the creator of all things... He is the one that breathed life into all of us and has shown his power by creating everything we can see and cannot see, all for his glory. And it becomes an absolute no-brainer that we should praise and thank him because he is our creator. He is our creator. Secondly, we should praise and thank God because his love and faithfulness are everlasting. His love and faithfulness are eternal. They are everlasting. Read with me verses 4 and 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. So this trophy, again, like, like the first, can be looked at in, in two distinct contexts. As we said earlier, uh, Psalm 100 was a, a hymn song at feasts and, and served as a call to the beginning of worship in, in the temples. So it quite literally was calling for the people to gather communally, to give thanks and praise to his name because the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Romans 1.20 tells us, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. And this, on its own, is certainly a great call and cause for worshipful praise. But the inclusion of the terms in the psalm, in his courts and to all generations, gives us a much more concrete and eternal perspective on this type of praise. Throughout Scripture, when the writers have spoken of God's courts, it's been interchangeable with heaven, His kingdom. And to speak of all generations harkens to His everlasting promise to love and provide for His children to the end of time. All generations. 
So as believers of the, the risen Christ, this is truly the, the greatest and, and truest reason to t- constantly, consistently, continually give he who created us praise and thanks. Because he's prepared a table for us, a place for us already. And he will never leave or forsake us until the end of time. And for those of you here today that have not yet put your trust in Christ, aren't really sure where you stand with God, or or haven't ever taken the time to consider the eternal ramifications of not following Christ, please hear me this morning. This is God's free gift of grace through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that all who come to him in true belief of the resurrection and with humble repentance of their sin can receive this very moment. Take heart in the fact that you're in a room surrounded by sinners just like you. Ones that at one point in their life didn't know if they were good enough or or far too gone down a path of sin or, or so deeply scorned or hurt by others that harbored anger towards or simple indifference towards God. And for them and for you, it's not about any of our faithfulness that we are saved. Romans 3.23 reminds us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's not about us. It's not about what we do or don't do. It's not the the list of rules we keep to. It's not some heavenly scoreboard of, of who's done right, wrong, better or worse. It's simply this God loves you. You are precious in his eyes. So much so that he gave his son to be sacrificed on a cross to be raised again as a substitute for our sins, a punishment we should take. It's not about our faithfulness. It's all about his faithfulness, his love. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 tells us the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And John first, first John 1, 9 promises if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if after hearing this, this is something you would be interested in or simply have more questions about, please come see me or or, or any of our members after service today so we can further discuss the most biggest conversation, most important conversation and decision you will ever have. And for those of us who already cling to this great hope and promise that God has given us, ask yourself, Do I give the Lord the thanks and praise he deserves each and every moment because he gives me each and every moment? Do I give him praise and thanks not because he's given me things, but because he is the creator of all things? Do I give him praise and thanks because he promises us an everlasting love and faithfulness that endures forever and ever Hebrews 13.8 gives us the promise that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. What about us? Where's our heart day by day, month by month, season by season? 
Are we thankful today because our bellies are full, we've broken out the sweaters, or been able to hug someone we haven't been able to uh, for a little while, only to get frustrated when we get back on the scale, throw away the leftovers, turn the AC back on, head back to the grinder work, school, or fill in the blank? Or are we willing to give over all of our self-interest and pride and take joy in all things, all things because of the providential, sovereign, faithful love that God promises at all times, no matter these temporal circumstances. King David wrote Psalm 23 while in the midst of being chased and persecuted by his enemies, enemies that wanted to take his crown and even kill him. Yet David, even in these most trying of times, trying of circumstances, took comfort in the Lord in writing 23.6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the home of the Lord forever. This, this is the type of joy and confidence we should strive to carry throughout our days, no matter our circumstances, because of our knowledge and belief in God's true character of love and faithfulness. By no means understand me, do I want anyone here to feel bad about being thankful for this wonderful time of year and many, many blessings that we've been able to recount over recent days and weeks. Quite the opposite. I'd ask that we'd make a joyful noise as we remember the source of these many blessings. Sing great songs of praise to the creator of all. Enter God's great gates with thanksgiving and bless his name because he is good. He loves us forever. And it's because of his great love that he has created all of this for us and his glory. It is his divine nature that allows us all this, his character, his love, his faithfulness. As we conclude our time here today, I'll leave you with these questions to ponder and reflect over a nice slice of pumpkin pie later today, uh, some stuffing tomorrow, or maybe your turkey soup next week. Are you thankful to God for who he is or, or, or only for what he gives? The, the character of God, creator of all things, faithful and, and loving. How can you put a, a larger emphasis or priority in living life within the church body? What are some ways that God is currently challenging you to more joyfully serve him? And how does God's promise of faithfulness and everlasting love change your perspective towards others? Let's take some time to reflect on these questions. Father God, again, we just come to you with great love and affection for who you are, what that means for our life, not only here, but through all eternity, Lord. We thank you that that love 
pours itself out in so many different ways as we go through these fleeting years that you have us here on earth. But we're so grateful and thankful for even more so the shed blood of Christ Jesus on a cross, his ascension to heaven, becoming that perfect substitute for us so that all those who believe in this and repent of our sins not only have these fleeting bit of years that we have here on earth, but all eternity to be able to shine our face on your wonderful, beautiful, majestic face, Lord. We thank you that in a broken world, you you continue to give us things to point back to your wonderful, great power. We thank you that you, before the beginning of time, had a plan for all creation. And that it's boldly displayed as we look around each and every day, every moment, all for your glory, all for the betterment of your kingdom, Lord. We pray that those that don't know you will, will see this and, and, and spark questions to come to you to understand this wonderful creator and the love that you have, Lord. For all of us that know you, Lord, I'd ask that we would be in continual awe of all your creation and that this came from you. And through this awe, this reverence, that we would bow down as we sung earlier, give you all the worship and praise, Lord, because you are good. You love us so. We thank you so much for a time to gather together for that moment. We pray that you continue to embolden us as we go from here to be able to speak clearly the wonderful joy that we have for you so that others can be able to see that, hear it, and bring it to their hearts, Lord. For those that are not here today, Lord, please be with them. Give them the warmth that they know the knowledge of love that you have for them, Lord. Bless the rest of our time here as we continue to worship your name. Let us make a joyful noise. Let us sing with praise worthy of our one and only King. In the precious name of your Son, we pray. Amen.